We got Jonathan the medical anomaly here on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, you, you visited my state a little too much this year, didn't you? Oh, I'll be making another visit this October. Yeah, it's been okay. it's been a it's been a wild ride. <laughs> Pretty ridiculous to go all that way for some mayonnaise, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, Dustin Lindstrom, and Matt Cavender. Welcome to episode six of season five of the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, presented by Tech Hockey Guide and recorded from the state of hockey. I'm Tim Brown, your host, and I'm joined this week by Dustin Lindstrom. Hey, everyone. Rob Gilry. Hey, guys. And Matt Cavender. Hello, everybody. This week, as we continue preparing for the start of the 2023-24 season, we brought in our own beat writer, Jonathan Zamatis, to preview Michigan Tech Huskies in the CCHA. Thanks for joining us, Jay-Z. Hey, how's it going? Um, I'm from Michigan, the state of college hockey, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, with the big news that dropped this afternoon, uh, I'm glad we waited to record until Monday night. Uh, so we'll be previewing the Huskies, discussing their big commitment from today and the CCHA uh, with the CCHA preseason player of the year, Austin Swankler. Uh, beyond that, we'll work through the roster and new additions and maybe get Jay-Z's thoughts on the CCHA and NCAA. Um, before we get to the thank you notes and our sponsors, I'd like to thank our newest patron, David Hyden, for signing up. At the black level for five dollars a month, he actually did a whole year um, for a little bit of a discount. I think it's fifty-one bucks for a whole year on Patreon, and then also uh, Marvin Wilson for upgrading his membership back up to the silver level for twenty-five bucks a month. Um, and we'd like to thank Bethlen Cummings for not canceling her membership completely, even though she downgraded all the way to the white level for just two dollars a month, which gets her question priority. And uh, hopefully access to some other content. I'm working on trying to figure out a couple other things that we can do. Um, I might start trying to do a little uh, series preview uh, that comes out maybe like Thursday nights or something. But we'll see what happens. All right. Uh, now let's do the thank you notes plus a brief note from our sponsors. And we'll be right back with Jonathan Zameda. We fund everything a Tech Hockey Guide from listeners like you. You can show your support by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. Whether you're interested in question priority, access to patron-only Zoom chats with coaches and players, instat deep dives, extended versions of the podcast, unedited video or audio, early access, or commercial-free listening, there's a level for you. We also now have 15% discounts off annual memberships with tiers ranging from $2 to $50 per month. Again, sign up at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. Are you in the market for insurance? Have your rates for home, auto, boat, or more been increasing way beyond inflation? If so, maybe it's time you spoke with Aaron Piedela and the team at Arcadia Insurance Group, serving Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, and more. Who better to serve you than a former Michigan Tech player? For more information, call 866-511-1069 or go to arcadiaagency.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So according to Rink Live, MCU confirmed that Swankler will be eligible to compete in the spring. While the NCAA does allow special exceptions for students seeking immediate transfer eligibility, the Huskies do not plan to seek immediate eligibility for Swankler to compete in the fall semester. Is this breaking news? I guess so. I'm not surprised by that from the from what I got from the program before we started recording. Uh Swinkler is taking his academics seriously and trying to transfer to a school like Michigan Tech after I mean we're in like what week five of the semester right now so or five yeah yeah so even if he could pull that off you're talking about trying to pay play five weeks of catch up on classes at a not easy university so right um, I've I've also heard from the program he will not be here for fall semester so yeah for the same reason so that that's uh uh, the interesting thing to me will be what happens if, you know, like we said, I think before we started recording that um, maybe he tries to finish his co- schooling virtually so he can start uh, coming up here. I But I don't know. I guess I don't know what the rules are for practicing while you're currently enrolled at a different D1 college. Um, I'm guessing it's not allowed. I'm going to guess you're, uh, <laughs> the same thing. I'm guessing so, someone's picking up a half a credit gym class right now. <laughs> but I, I don't know how that. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he does get to practice uh, at all before GLI with the team, other than when they show up in Grand Rapids a couple of days early or whatever. Um, so that will be very interesting to see how that plays out. But it, um, um, it's been a roller coaster of a day from from me starting trolling everybody on the discord about uh, there's being an Austin registered student only for them to realize on their own searches that I was talking about two other kids named Austin that spell their name like Swankler does um, to me uh, posting him retweeting the Michigan tech getting picked 10th in the poll and, uh, and showing off his new uh instagram friends to like an hour later him actually announcing that he's coming to tech um it was a interesting day where i never thought that i would be uh manifesting it to happen quite the way we did today so that was fun for sure on the discord you do a national tournament next (laughs) i think i'll start with the powerball first yeah it'll be interesting to see how he gets um integrated into the team um in terms of positioning and everything because he was playing center for bowling green and we'll see if tech wants to slot him in right away or if he just dresses as the extra skater for his first game for example so they can try mixing and matching him with different lines to see what starts to blend yeah it it, the whole dynamic of coming in in the middle of the year when he's not playing juniors he's not doing something else is going to be really interesting because like I'm assuming Tyler will be sending him uh, you know, like a, a workload plan and and probably trying to 
uh, work through what he needs to do to be prepared to play for tech come uh, is next tech, semester. Is tech even allowed to communicate with him right now? If he's if, like, uh, I don't know why not. If he's not on the other team okay, and, and a member, a future member of the team, like I, I would assume so. Um, I don't know. I, there's a lot of interesting questions surrounding this situation because it doesn't happen. Uh, usually if a kid leaves this time of year, they go back to juniors and then work out their commitment and, and, uh, you know, they're like doing like JUCO stuff to keep their academic eligibility or whatever, enrolling wherever, uh, the USHL team is or whatever versus something like this, where he's actually going to be finishing up his semester at Bowling Green before he comes up to tech, um, it it's really uncharted waters as far as I know as as to how this works. Um, so yeah, I I don't honestly know what the rules are and limitations that Tech and Swankler have on communicating or or working on plans because because if they can't do those kind of things, I don't know how he jumps in to the lineup come uh, for for GLI. Like like maybe this is why Joe had the. Uh, the exhibition game scheduled for January. So he can throw him into that. He's been playing for weeks, apparently, I guess. Yep. Yeah. No, but yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how it works. Um, He, I don't know really how to feel as a tech fan because he's like, he's the equivalent of what Tom Wilson and Brad Marchand are to me in the NHL, where you'd love to have him on your team, but you hate to play against him. And then you get that player on your team and you just don't know how to feel about it. Oh, I, I've already made that. I think we talked about that a little bit pre-tape about how he is one of those players where I, I do feel like most of my frustration with him was more how he became eligible. The fact that like a guy that played a year of OHL hockey isn't supposed to be able to play college hockey. And somehow that worked out because he didn't play the COVID year, so they missed it or something in the in the NCAA clearinghouse process. Um, so that was always, I think, my frustration was that like it circumvented rules and they just kind of lucked out on it uh, in the process. Um, but he does have that um, that swagger to him and that frustrating attitude, like, um, and he's got that edge to him, like the the kid that transferred away from northern michigan the the little man i can't think of his name oh lochran lochran so like Loch- uh lochran yeah. lochran he's on canisius this year for whatever yeah. reason yeah so like i don't know how to feel till i see how how it works i guess because it like i think uh dustin was saying earlier like it's hard to um not look at this te- or it's hard to look at this team and not uh, see why joe did it because you're uh like i think tim rapley quote tweeted swankler's commitment saying you know this this move takes tech from mcnaughton cup contenders to nc championship contenders it really does because it like if you take the team we had last year and you add almost a goal a game how is that team not a championship contending team and you look at the depth we've but created the with the class What's that? It would have been a, they'd have been a one seed last year. Yeah, with Swankler, and and in a year like this, where that one seed means uh, we're not traveling east unless we're unless there's a bunch of Western one seeds, and we have no Which choice. Which probably will be. <laughs> you know, hopefully we're high enough up the list that 
we're not traveling all the way out east this year and and some of us can drive or whatever i didn't even look at what what are all of them this year i know we've talked uh, about the st louis is one of them i think it's st louis and fargo are the two western ones oh god fargo i think fargo is a nightmare oh it's fargo last year it can't be fargo again it must be uh, sioux falls uh, it's sioux falls and yep, it's okay. not north dakota hosting there yeah it's nebraska omaha yeah so we've got Sioux Falls and uh, Greater uh, St. Louis for our for drivable, and then Providence, Rhode Island, and Springfield, Massachusetts. Hot dang! There's no Allentown this year, boys. We're safe. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was a nice spot, but it's too far away. It, it wasn't a nice spot. It was New, not. New York City was fine. Yeah, that was yes, fun. But Allentown sucked. <laughs> <laughs> we should have brought some scrapple home. Oh god, <laughs> it was good stuff. I have no problems with making another trip to Allentown if we actually win a game there. I have. I don't care where we are as long as we win a game. I give, <laughs> oh, the thing is, I just oh, I'm getting sick of getting on a bus or getting on a plane or getting in my car and getting all the way there, and then they're the thinking Toronto we got a Maple- chance and they got a. We are the Toronto Maple Leafs of the NCAA tournament that. right now. We, all you can only handle cheering for one Maple Leafs. Don't tell them that. <laughs> That poor man's like he's probably gonna have to see a cardiologist by the time he hits thirty <laughs> because of his way his teams don't love him back. <laughs> so Jay Z, uh, how much does does Instat help you with your previews and how you cover this team? So I will admit, for the at least these first couple games, it's not going to help that much because nothing really helps until we get enough data in. Um, yep. But I cannot begin to describe how useful it is as a video tool to literally go back the next day and either rewatch anything I want and have timestamps versus having to go through flow. So let's say it's uh, let's say we're playing Duluth halfway through the season instead of the first first team. It is so nice that I can go in there, see all of Duluth's games, all their goals, everybody on the ice, and it really helps. And it also helps in validating what I see on the ice when I go into that that conference or that that media question and answer because I can point to stats and say x player had this amount of ice time why didn't x player have why didn't y player get more time on the ice um because that we have that tool now we can we can keep Joe honest we can keep coaches honest we can keep players honest and yeah, it gives cause, us because we're not getting that that ice time stats anywhere else. That's nope. that's only from Instat. Yes, unless unless I were to ask the people in the press box next to me who are actually keeping the ice on ice time stats. Yep, that get put into Instat. So it is an invaluable tool in terms of keeping everybody honest. In addition to being able to go shift by shift and see where something went wrong or. Uh, for example, maybe something with the power play has just been off and you can go in and find it, see where it is, and then adjust your, well, for me at least, adjust the previews accordingly. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it's it's very useful as the season moves on. And like you said, it's it's great to see. I think the thing I, I like the most, like you said, is the ice time to really get to see how much we're using that extra skater, how they're getting used. Um and and really getting to see how different things 
are playing out compared to what you perceive them to be and getting to see the um like r- refresh your memory on like your power play penalty kill combos and how that's all playing out um i know i'm patiently waiting for like three on three hockey with four pietalas on the ice um yeah. I will say um, I am in agreement with you in terms of not agreeing on the price increase for the same product. (laughs) Uh, Um, It's still very useful to us. So it's worth it to see my biggest issue with the price increase. Is it better come along with games being updated faster? There is no reason that it should be Monday afternoon and we don't have a Saturday game yet. the, the The issue isn't necessarily in stat itself it's literally the respective home university putting up the actual game so for example this is notorious with mankato in terms of they will not post the in stat game up on the replay so instat can't even do their thing because they haven't gotten the the video file yet from mankato they are notoriously slow about that for example okay interesting yeah. so when it comes to stuff like that i would have um, thought i would have thought that would be a contractual rule of instead being a service that the conference gets that the teams would have to have a timeline of when they provide the games. That's that might, that might be a thing, but to my understanding, it is the home team's responsibility to give instat that game data and then instat does their thing. Okay. And so when you see a delay, it's usually because of whoever the home team is not giving them the necessary, whether it be, Right. like an XML file or a CSV file or video file in terms of stats. And I always thought it was um, like, you're talking the, like the, the ice time is all coming from the team, not somebody yes. from instat analyzing the game on their own, like a PFF does. Nope. Uh, as okay. far as I know, the ice time, at least for tech, at least it comes from two gentlemen who get to play the game of who's on the ice. One tells the other person, the number while the other person's frantically, putting it down in the in a computer program yeah um, okay so we're back to the same issue as flow where it's not really flow's fault that the feed sucks it's usually the university correct <laughs> wonderful well then they shouldn't charge so damn much yes um yeah i i just wanted to bring that up because i wanted to hear your perspective because i know you use it a lot in your previews and kind of to reiterate to everybody listening that yes, we have some sponsors that help with this stuff, but if we want to keep doing stuff like instat, we need more support to be able to afford it. Cause uh, like I said, or I think I've said on the podcast here, maybe we haven't, um, but uh, instat has more than tripled this season as they were uh, bought out by, I believe huddle. Yes. Um, so we now pay huddle instead of uh, instat, but um that price has tripled and we don't really get anything more than we got before huddle just decided to triple the price and try to price somebody like us out um which probably means unless we can get more sponsorships or a lot more patrons that this is probably the last year that we will have board advertising because i think it's more important for us to be able to put out the content that we can produce because of instat than to have uh board advertising so i, I can also that's the t- direction we're going what's that i can also tell you here in year year two we will be getting more stuff coming out of the pipeworks with augie for example as well he's going to be fighting me or we're going to be going head to head this year in terms of previews where his model will try to predict 
the outcome versus what I predict. So we are getting more content as well in our second year. Okay. Sweet. The next step is we got to have you two fist fight or something. Yeah. I'll fist fight. <laughs> I know, I'll fist, I know I'll fist I've fist talked about model. it. Um, because of the restructuring in the podcast as it is where generally more of the content is actually getting pushed to the public because we're kind of breaking them up into two episodes that keep them smaller each. Um, we kind of started doing that because we, it was our understanding that there would not be a Joe Sean hour this season, but I've been corrected on that in some fashion at least. Um, but I still think the plan is to do the two podcasts a week of public with uh, 15 to 30 ish minutes of um, Patreon only content. But I think I'm also going to start doing like a, a Thursday night drop of like a 15, 20 minute podcast that kind of does what you do with your previews, but I will just kind of throw out there my thoughts on the game, my, uh, my keys and, and what I think is going to happen. And that will be for the, I don't know what level I'm going to do that yet. Um, maybe the $2 level just to try and get more of you in there. And then, uh, um, but probably the $5 level. Cause that's where all the other content kind of starts and, and just trying to get that out there. Uh, and then I know we've been talking to Harrison about trying to get him to do some uh, hot takes this year. And we might try and he had written up a hot take about kind of ranking all the play by play guys. And I think we might record that into a podcast and then break it up into um, three or four segments with, uh, you know, two or three of the guys each and just kind of get that out over the course of t- or over the course of a month and then do another one. And then maybe try and do like try and do one that's like that, where it's one recording and then we cut it up over the course of time and then also kind of intersperse one in the middle where it's like this is what Harrison thinks of the last month of the conference or whatever. Um, But we haven't talked too much about that anymore. So we'll see what comes of that. What are you going to say, Jay-Z? I was going to say, do I need to start updating my resume? (laughs) (laughs) No. You're, you're, we love having you around, um, but we're just trying to get more, I think, audio content out there, especially when we thought there wouldn't be um, radio content coming from MTU. Um, but um, after a talk with Cal today, it sounds like there will be a radio show, um, but more than likely, Joe's time on it will be more limited, and it sounds like it might be a situation where... Um, more players get time on the show and and the, and the assistants get a more prevalent role on the show. That's kind of sounds like what Mankato used to do, at least from from what I've seen from their content that they put out, because they actually had like a full on like radio booth that they would put a video camera in. Yeah, they'd have a lot of interviews with like players, assistant coaches and head coaches so, and the head coach. So yep. more diversified. Yeah, and I think that's the plan going forward to to get the the focus off Joe, which I which I can understand why he might want that. Um, but hopefully we can still get you know fifteen twenty minutes a week of of his take and and or his idea of how the season went or the series went um, without him maybe getting so many uh, uh, public questions that that put him in a tough spot where he. Like, I think he's okay talking to Dirk, uh, especially outside of the heat of the moment post game, uh, if something goes wrong. But I think I think it's the questions that uh, he struggles to uh, from the fans that he struggles to answer as diplomatically as maybe he should or uh, whatever. 
he probably has one of the hardest jobs out of all the CCHA coaches, though, because the tech fan community is very knowledgeable and they ask those hard questions. So he doesn't get to go hide behind a fan base that doesn't know what they're talking about. Plus, I don't know how many other fan bases would like tune into a radio show when they're out of like broadcast range <laughs> going on, going on, going on to a website named after a food item to try to find it. <laughs> like it's, it's another thing is it's a probably a wider audience than you'd expect most to have. Yeah. I mean, he said, Matt, this to Matt me. do you know, like the first, um, the first radio shows that were ever available outside of the UP is because tech hockey guide recorded them and posted them to download yourself and listen to the MP3. That was before that Pasty a, broadcast it. That is a very interesting fun fact. So you used yep. to actually like record the radio interviews and then put them on the internet. Yeah, we actually had like we had a guy in VHS with a um or no, there was Pasty would broadcast them, but there was no um like podcast feed where you could go listen to them not live. Okay. So we would record it off Pasty to a computer and then post it to our website so anybody could listen later. I got to stick a pin in this and remember this for off-season content because <laughs> that is like, I feel like that's a legitimate touchstone of digital media history, not just like <laughs> hockey history. So I'd love to do a story about that in the off-season. Yeah, yeah that happened. We actually talked after, like Pasty had too many issues for a while there that we actually got to the point where we tried to find somebody in Houghton that we could put an FM tuner card into their computer and record it and automatically post it for us. That'd be um, sweet. Yeah. And we never did get that far. Cause then uh, the school started posting them on, on their own. So, well, Hey, and ended up working out. They clearly show that there is the demand for that to start happening. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what we've always done. And um, where it was always us trying to, push the athletic department to do something we thought they should and did it until they did kind of thing. Speaking of speaking of that, I would love the athletic department to post Michigan Tech's all-time record against opponents, please. They have most of those, don't they? Nope. I had to use CHN, but CHN's website is notoriously broken. Well, so Jay-Z, if you want to figure it out, I have a yearbook that has it at a certain point, so you could just figure out what it has been since then. I did it manual. I did it manually from previous previews. Okay. They don't I have used... they don't have the yearbook posted on the website anymore. They it's haven't far... posted the yearbook on there in probably they like eight years. They haven't updated uh. the stats since twenty twenty one. Uh yeah, where is that even in podcast? So that one hundred year book is more of a reference tool for me than it is an actual like going down memory lane looking. Because if I get something wrong, I have some gentleman commenting on my article saying that we played St. Thomas in 1920 and he remembers <laughs> the game. <laughs> yep. That's our fan base. That's that's why yes. Joe that's that is exactly why Joe struggles to give coach speak because he knows yes. he's gonna get called out when he does it, right? That's exactly yes. why. There was yep, a so- reason I flipped through that one hundred year book page by page to see if Augustana ever showed up. Just for <laughs> just in case. And I can confirm 100% Tech has never played Augustana before. Oh, yeah. This this wouldn't have even helped you because it, it uh, St. Thomas is lumped into the 331 others. Yes. For the for the head to head records. But I do have a yearbook that has 
I do have a PDF of a yearbook from 2010 that has year by year results. So you could have searched for Tom. I am probably just going to start a spreadsheet and keep it updated. I tried, yeah. uh, but I was so mad because the PDF is so hard to like copy and paste into Excel and get it to look right. I yeah. really wanted to do that and get it in a database. So it was more um, sortable and all that. I know I spent yeah. a lot of time digging through this a long time ago. Um back on the USCHO message board days back when I cared about who controlled the belt. You remember that, Rob? You're muted. I'm muted, but yes, I do remember. There was a guy that maintained all of those. Yeah, so I actually, like, I went back and, like, I'm pretty sure one of the belts actually died in the hands of UCLA. Sure. (laughs) Because I think Tech lost to UCLA in the last game they played them, and I think Tech had the belt when they played them. They They did lose to UCLA at least once, yes. I yeah. can confirm that. Um, I will also say Michigan Tech hockey was miserable in the 80s and 90s to look through those. Oh, yeah. Confirm. That's when I grew up watching it. <laughs> I, speaking <laughs> of that, I did do a little. I went on a rabbit hole while we were talking here. Mm-hmm. Can you believe my freshman year and Tim and Rob will definitely remember this. How in the hell did we have a line that scored 52 goals and only six of them? were game-winning goals. <laughs> well, and I bet uh, every one of those you guys don't have like games being won, goal. so it's hard to have oh. game-winning goals. <laughs> How is that oh. even possible? <laughs> 52 goals, six of them were game-winning. Is that the uh, the five-win Murphy, series? Murphy, Connor, Desmond line? Yeah the, 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 yeah. yeah, the DMC line. <laughs> yeah. I, the first three box scores I clicked on in that season were hat tricks for Tech. Yeah. Lost all three games. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I didn't click on the the eight, seven six one seven okay. six game though. I, okay. I clicked gotcha. on three different games. Yeah, yeah. I will also say tech the diversity and uh the diversity in teams tech played back in the day was amazing. Like I think one of the favorite seasons I saw was like eighty four through eighty six. They played so many different teams. In terms of oh, just that's the when they had the hockey east, like yeah, that was discounts the in the locking schedule. Thing. Yep, yep, yeah, yep. the interlocking that was awesome. Yeah, that I loved because you got like Maine, Vermont, you got all these random teams that you wouldn't have thought we would have played as a Western team. Yep, just shoehorned in there, and it was just like, can we please bring that back? Yeah, I would love to see Tech and Northern find a way to, um basically take two of their non-conference weekends and turn them into what they're doing with Clarkson and St. Lawrence and find some, find a pair of hockey East teams that would do it too. That would be awesome. I know they'd struggle to do that, but it would be awesome. I don't know what the solution is because I would flat out say, just make the season longer and add more games, but that as somebody who has to go to every single home game or who, who at least wants to go to every single home game and has to cover the team, it gets pretty burnt out pretty quickly in terms of college hockey so i don't know i know adding more games isn't the answer but i think adding more non-conference games and reducing the conference play schedule maybe and diversifying the teams that are played might help yeah well we've been talking about that for years yeah Yeah. preaching to the choir the the problem is is the smaller the conference schedules get the harder it's going to be for the for lake state to get enough home games you know, that that's that's the reason the smaller conferences don't want to do it is because the big boys, the less the less conference games that the Big Ten has to play, the more games they're going to try and play at home and give teams yeah. 50 grand to do it while they make hundreds of thousands of dollars on tickets and TV yeah. and whatnot. 
that's what I respect about Joe so much is how he refuses to do the two for ones. Yep. Even if it costs us the ability to play Michigan ever again, fine by me. Yeah. I, I don't care if we see them ever again. Yeah. The, <laughs> like the fact that we get Wisconsin coming up here is, is going to be great. The fact that we got Clarkson up here last year is great or St. Lawrence or whoever. It's just the fact that we are kind of being, I think what tech's aiming to do is kind of replicate what St. Cloud is doing in terms of smaller school, but program that's respected and you don't do two for ones with them and you do you you switch off series with them and stuff like that yeah no i agree i i really like what joe's done i really like how much joe has taken the initiative to like i i think dustin was right that i think it's a great idea for us to try and get somebody on from the usa hockey hall of fame to talk about how that game works uh before we play um because I I do think it's interesting how often Michigan Tech ends up in that game and how often mm-hmm. they, uh, you know, we travel so well as a fan base despite the size of the school because a lot of our fans are in a pretty good place financially. You can tell by, you know, how many patrons we have versus how much they're willing to pay to support us. Um, speaking of which, Kevin Patelko, thank you for upgrading your membership from $5 a month to $10 a month and paying for a whole year today as we record this. So thank you for that. Um, but the, but seeing like, you know, how often we want, they want us to go to Arizona because we do a good job of traveling to those tournaments and all that stuff. Um, I think it's great for the program to keep pushing that stuff and trying to be a part of those events. And I know Joe really likes those tournaments and, and the GLI because they create that atmosphere of this little mini moment with, with high expectations and, you know, you don't win Friday, you're not winning the tournament, you know, and and setting that mindset so that hopefully one of these years it pays off and we're more we're in a better spot for for the NCAA tournament. Um, and and like I said, hopefully this year we can make the tournament again and we can find ourselves in uh, Sioux Falls or St. Louis and and put our best foot forward and finally win that game and and, uh, and end the streak of having not won a game that truly mattered since what the 70s because i think even in 81 we didn't win till the third place game which i wouldn't consider a, a yeah but we beat northern mattered. in this but we, we beat did. northern in we the third place game so that still counts <laughs> yeah i don't know that icebreaker felt pretty good a couple of years ago that was a fun one Fibke Dental is a general dentistry practice located in downtown rhinelander wisconsin home of the hodag Look online at fibkeydental.com or find them on Facebook. They do pain-free dentistry for kids, adults, people that went to great schools, and people that ended up at Northern Michigan. Stop in and say hi between 8 and 5 and tell them THG sent you. That is F-I-E-B-K-E dental.com. Do you work in manufacturing, product design, or product development? Is your business trying to improve efficiency while also producing at scale? Livonia Technical Services can help. They provide world-class quality improvement training and consulting for failure modes and effect analysis, product development, and cost reduction. All things that could help Northern Michigan assemble a competent defense. If you think your business could use a prevention mindset and reduce manufacturing costs, a partnership with Livonia Technical Services might be right for you. Check them out at livoniatech.net. That's L-I-V-O-N-I-A-Tech.net. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah. Anything else you guys want to talk about? No, I'm ready to go back to sleep. Yeah, me too. I just, I feel I'm still, still kind like... of like, I mean, I know we've already touched on the Swankler news, but I feel like it's still just kind of setting into me that, you know, we have a player of that offensive caliber on the team now, and that's really been a spot that's been tough for us to fill. It, there's a lot of reason for excitement this year. I'm cautiously optimistic right now. Yeah, yep. I mean, we've yeah. we've heard we've heard rumors of the their possible character issues with him, but I mean, at this point, that's hearsay, and we know that Joe probably wouldn't roll the dice on him unless there was something there to work with. So I'm I whatever it ends up being, I'm excited to see what it is. Well, yeah. and you know, a lot of his a lot of what has frustrated, uh, I think, uh, opposing fans with Swinkler is the kind of stuff like some of it is his the way he acts about certain things that is not positive and is stuff that he needs to work on anyway to be a better pro hockey player, um, like the complaining and the frustration and, and that kind of stuff. But on the same token, a lot of what Swinkler does that frustrates opposing fans is the same reason that Joe wanted uh, our favorite Mankato player to be at Tech. He's got an edge to him that, you know that that I think that that the team has missed it sometimes, and and I think that'll be a positive in some respect too. And and I'm intrigued to see. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting experiment to see how how this team works when Swinkler gets here, and how much uh, the chemistry is affected by interjecting him in the middle of the season. Because it's not like he's in Houghton right now practicing with the team waiting for the semester to be eligible and then he doesn't also even having get those bonding be... experiences and all that with the guys yep. yep so so and you know it's way different than when you add a kid from juniors at mid-year because you have a issue with with healthy players or whatever like it's it's a very different thing um like between the dynamic of him coming in the middle of the year and then like you know what what happens to him wanting to come to tech if tech gets off to a slow start and it's and it's not the year we thought it would be you know how is he going to come into that team then like i know it's just as likely that he comes in and and or possible that if we don't get off to the start we want he could he could come in and right the ship and we can go on a run and win the the conference tournament and still make the tournament and maybe not be the seed we were hoping for and do some damage but you know like you said Jonathan with 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 the way the the CCHA is uh shaping up or perceived to be shaping up you don't have other teams that you really expect to be in the top like i don't think there's anybody else in the conference that right now you would expect to be uh, truly in a spot to be fighting for uh, a uh, an at-large bid. 
not a single one. Um, basically, I think there's a couple teams that could. Yeah, but nobody's expected to, right? No, Tech has improved on paper, but they've also improved in relationship to everybody else getting worse, basically. Yeah, like I was honestly surprised that the the coaches had a more split decision, a split decision as they did. Like it, it seems to me on paper before Swinkler that that Tech kind of was the clear favorite. Um uh, with Northern and Bowling Green before all this went down, kind of being the other two that you thought had a, a legit shot at finding a way to win the conference. Um, but but it was really hard to, to not see them as a favorite. So it was kind of funny to me that they split the first place votes pretty evenly. Was it four to three? Yeah. With St. Um, Thomas getting one? It's the, the thing that scares me the most right now is basically trying to figure out as a team where we're getting those goals from right now. Yeah. Because besides our top line of that's presumably staying together of Kukinen, Pietala, Mosley. I mean, Kataroff was a pass first guy. Bronte was a pass first guy. Uh, Jack, uh, Jack works would shoot the puck, but, and Rasmussen would shoot the puck. But otherwise I, I'm looking at the roster right now and I'm trying to figure out who's going to be scoring goals right now. Who aren't freshmen. Trevor Russell. <laughs> yeah, but he had an upper body injury for half the year, though. Yep, but he did come back at the end. Yes. Not um, that he was not that he was uh, integrated as much as you'd like before you start the playoffs with that situation. But and um, he, he may or may not have been playing a little still banged up. So, yep. But I do. I do think uh, like I picked him to be all conference. um defenseman because that list was very difficult to figure out with all the departures on the blue line last year i mean i think the top eight or ten scoring defensemen all left the league um and and like every time i found somebody else to maybe consider i went looked at the current roster and he wasn't there so (laughs) it was uh it was a tough list to figure out um like i i do think you will see more blue line scoring from this team again um, and that might be what it is. Um, but yeah, and then you're going to be counting on, um, and maybe that is why Nathan has those four freshmen in there because I all think they have an opportunity to be scorers surrounded by the setup men. I mean, we only lost one pure goal scorer, as Joe would call it, in Ashbrook, but at the same time, we just didn't have that many to begin with. So it's it's really going to depend on who's actually shooting the puck this time and who's going to be passing it versus who's going to be shooting it. Mm. Yep. That's just going to be, we'll see when we get there. Yep. Anything else guys? Rob needs to go to bed. Yeah. Let's let that guy down some like, will and get out of here. My, right. Myra, Myra messaged me at nine 30 going, I'm not waiting the hour I'm supposed to for my next dose. I'm taking it and going to bed now. <laughs> Good on her. Honestly. I love that. Yeah, so she, she's already been in bed for an hour. Oh, yeah, love so, that for her. Same with my partner. She's already up in bed. Oh, <laughs> she's, she's worse than I am. I, I just feel congested. She feels like absolute crap. Megan gets so mad when I take NyQuil because I, um, I just have a bottle of it sitting next to the bed and I just take a big chug of it. And she's like, you got to measure that out. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> Nike will last about a week for it's me. Only, it's only about your kidneys in like 30 years anyway. Right. Or if you're no, 28 like me. And then 
<laughs> You're just we got Jonathan the medical anomaly here on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, you you visited my state a little too much this year, didn't you? Oh, I'll be making another visit this October. Yeah, it's been okay. it's been a it's been a wild ride. <laughs> Pretty ridiculous to go all that way for some mayonnaise, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I say you should bring me some pasties, but I still have a bunch sitting in Dustin's freezer that I need to go yeah, see him I, and get. <laughs> I can tell you right now, Rochester is not, it's like the Mankato South right now. There's not a lot to do. Well, it's, it's actually north of Mankato. Is it? Isn't it? I think so. I believe Mankato's like way down by the Iowa border last I yeah, checked. Rochester's a little bit, little I bit. I think north it's a little bit north. It's Mankato. south. Okay. It's basically, it's uh the Mankato to the southeast of the cities instead of southwest. Yeah, there's not a lot. Oh, it's slightly south. I'll take it. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's the, the worst part is getting there because it's seven hours on back roads in the middle of nowhere. That's yeah. the best. I beg to differ, <laughs> <laughs> especially when you can barely move because your joints are being attacked by your own immune system. Yeah, we don't need that. <laughs> well, uh, we're glad to still have you around, Jay-Z. Uh, glad to have you covering the team. I want to shout out our, our new patrons again, David Hayden, uh, Marvin Wilson, and Kevin Patelko for upgrading and... And thanks, Beth Lynn, for sticking around, even if it's just, you know, for $2 a month now. I wanted to double check and make sure we didn't get any questions while we were recording. One minute remaining in the podcast. Well, that should do it for this episode of the podcast, uh, the episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Please check out our Patreon and join by visiting patreon.com slash tech hockey guide. We've got a bunch of different tiers. Uh, Pick one that works for you. Um, I'm working on trying to figure out what we're going to do about patches because uh, Exclusive Pro is a giant pain in my butt to get get in contact with. So I need to figure out something else to get you guys that uh, have done the $5 a month or more uh, that haven't gotten a patch at all. Magnets. Magnets. I, I was looking at uh, bumper stickers and magnets from our, our Spodge store with our logo on them. So we'll see what we can do. Um, to try and still get you guys something cool and unique. Follow us on Twitter at Chasing MacPod or at Tech Hockey Guide. You can submit questions through Twitter, Facebook, or on our Patreon page. Don't forget forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, if you don't really like your podcast app, please choose Spotify because we actually get a little more money um, by using them. Also, if you hear a advertisement on our podcast that isn't recorded by one of us or my daughter, drop us a tweet so we can hear uh, maybe what ad you got and and try and see how much that's actually happening. Uh, if you can't find the podcast in your site of choice, please let us know and we'll make it happen. The more you rate, review, and share, the more people we can reach. So tell your friends. Let's get a let's get as many listens as we can to get us up in the chartable rankings we were uh, i think uh, i think we peaked at 151st for pod uh, hockey podcasts in the u.s last week um we did make it all the way to 18 once but i think that was a glitch um because all of our podcasts accidentally got pulled and then reposted one day and i think they counted everything yeah it still Still counts. counts we still peaked at 18 way back when Let's see. If you give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Dustin will read the review you leave no matter what it says. So let's get some ratings and see what you have to say. Uh, Once again, thanks to our sponsors, Fibkey Dental in Rhinelander, Wisconsin, Arcadia Assurance, and Livonia Technical Services, which I believe I now have all of their uh, sponsorship checks. I think uh, 
Mike finally got me his check today. Not that I was uh, delayed, but we had a lot of fun with the post office losing a check and then it suddenly showing up the day after Fibkey canceled it, <laughs> which was like three weeks after he shipped uh, mailed it to me. So that was fun. And finally, thanks to the thank you notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at thankyounotes.bandcamp.com. been listening to the chasing mcnaughton podcast presented by tech hockey guide covering the michigan tech huskies and the ccha